0: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another weekly installment of the Duo Sense podcast. As always, I am your host, Andrew Orozco, joined by the Badger of the High Desert, the Lost Cause, the never down for the count, always down for the cause himself, the. I forgot the other word. Don't tell me, don't tell me, don't tell me. This is a good me. one. No. Let's go with it. The. Ah, the. I already said Badger, right? No, what's the other one? It's Unnecessary. Unnecessary. Unnecessary, Johnny. Yeah. Unnecessary Johnny. Too late. We're going with it. <sighs> Why do you always interfere, Johnny? You never let me just say the intro. You screwed up. You screwed up the intro. I want to go back and not redo it now. No, this is good. I know. I'm not going to, but I said I want to. I don't I'm not going to do it, but I'm like 52% leaning to starting over. But let's go ahead and get started. We have four. Items or four stories on this week's episode. Let's start with our first one, Johnny. This one comes to us from The Gamer, written by James Trouton. Trouton through Ten Trouton. James Trouton, I'm gonna go with that. The article says the Steam Deck is the Nintendo Switch Pro announcement I've been waiting for. and uh, Sorry. We're still in the intro face. Yeah, that was a phone call. I'll call you back later. (laughs) The anticipation for Nintendo Switch Pro was an all-time high. Rumors were spreading like we were all back at secondary school. Okay, you can tell that's how he's like British or something because we just call that high school or middle school. Sharing gossip about who Kirsten was snogging in the okay snogging that's another British term. It's it means kissing in the halls during class. All the while, speculation ran rampant as we tried to get to the bottom of these tall tales. This has very little to do with this deck so far. The Pro could and likely still will come, but amidst a slew of reports, insider leaks, and general tidbits shared on forums where credence is questionable at best, the OLED variant was announced. It was disappointing. Johnny and I talked about that last week. Nintendo had done the bare minimum. At a $10 hike in manufacturing costs with a $50 increase in the retail price, it's no joy but all con okay that's clever i like that it's no joy but all cons pretty good that's good nintendo's grift brings the same old drift a slightly better screen and ethernet port ugh (laughs) that sour aftertaste took some time to get rid of but then out of nowhere the steam deck stormed onto the scene it's a sight for sore eyes nintendo might not be meeting the developing demands of the handheld market but valve sure is it's a portable gaming PC capable of natively running Jedi Fallen Order, which I still need to play. I actually have that downloaded. Really? I was going to ask for a review. Seeing that much alone sold me. I remember not long ago when The Outer Worlds came out for the Switch. I was... Oh, okay, why does this sound more like a blog post than it's an actual like announcement? Let me get to... Oh my god. So at this. they have
1: a new handheld... Coming yeah, out. John, you
0: talk to me while I look and for the we're article. We're trying
1: to figure out if this is a good thing for the industry or not. If it's a competitor to Nintendo Switch, um, are you really eating I... right now? Nobody can hear this. Trust me, it'll get picked up. For real? Kind of. All right. Anyways, well, Andrew finds the the meat of the matter here. I don't care for this thing at all. I'm just gonna get into the commentary now. Screw the article.
0: I found an article, though.
1: <laughs> is this the English version?
0: or is this No, American? this is IGN. So I, I we're going to... Nothing against the English. Nothing against the British. Or if they're Irish or Scottish. I don't All know. All right, let's go with IGN. All right. Okay, this is Tom Marks, who I know is American. So we're going to get a much more straightforward review or article, I'm sorry. This comes from IGN. It says, Valve announces the Steam Deck, a $400 handheld gaming PC. Okay, that's way more direct than I was expecting. Good. After rumors in May, Valve has now officially announced the Steam Deck, a handheld gaming PC, arriving later this year. IGN has an exclusive hands-on with the Steam Deck as part of this month's IGN First, as well as an FAQ with Valve about the device. But here's the essential info. The Steam Deck has a form factor similar to that of a slightly larger Nintendo Switch, but with the capabilities of a full gaming PC. It runs a modified version of Valve's Steam OS. Complete with a new console-like interface for easy navigation of both the Steam Store and your Steam library. But it also provides access to an unrestricted computer desktop where any third-party applications can be installed, including non-Steam games or launchers. And that's the exciting part, Johnny. We're going to get into that later. Um, in terms of hardware, the Steam Deck has a 7-inch by 800 resolution. So what is that, Johnny? That's like a little bit better than 720, but not quite. 1280 by
1: 800
0: resolution. Oh, yeah. That's like 720, no? Like around there? 1080? 1280 by 800. Oh, yeah. 60 Hertz LCD screen. A custom AMD APU featuring a four core, eight thread CPU paired with eight RDNA2 compute units for the GPU. I have no idea what that means. Maybe Johnny does, but I don't. And 16 gigabytes of LPDDR5 RAM. Okay, I know what RAM is. And I know 16 gigs sounds good because that means you can have probably more windows or something open, right? Yeah. All right. Practically speaking, that makes it a substantial amount stronger than the Switch, allowing it to run modern games impressively well. As a point of reference, I was able to play Jedi Fallen Order on an in-development Steam Deck at high graphical settings with little to no issue. It can even suspend running games like a console and Valve says that it is really to give players access to the entire Steam library on the go. To better enable this, the controller set up on either side of the screen has all the buttons, triggers, and full-sized joysticks you'd expect from a modern gamepad and more. The sticks are actually capacitive, meaning that they can detect when your thumb is resting on them. Okay, so it's like a mouse, like you don't even have to like click. Uh, where was it? Oh yeah. And below each one is a small trackpad that can be used for mouse inputs. There are also four back buttons on the rear of the Steam Deck that can be mapped however you see fit. And the display is a multi-input touchscreen. So and there's, it's not here in the picture, but if I've seen videos where on the back of the Steam Deck, on the lower bottom, there's two buttons on the left and on the right. I've seen those, yeah. Yeah. And it has like two shoulder buttons on the left and right on the top. Mm-hmm. So it's like R1, R2, L1, L2, and then like on the back is like. I don't know what you would call that, but it's like two buttons on the left, two buttons on the right. Paddles. Paddles, I guess. Yeah. Additionally, the Steam Deck has Bluetooth support for any device you can connect to a regular PC, including headphones like Apple AirPods. You can also be, quote, docked, end quote, and hooked up to an external display as well as a mouse and keyboard if you want to use it as a more traditional PC. While Valve will be selling an official dock separately, any third-party USB-C adapter should work just as well. And those who simply want an experience closer to that of a regular handheld or console can ignore the more computery aspects entirely. Speaking of selling, the Steam Deck will be available in three different models. Importantly, however, the only major difference between them will be storage size and speed, with their graphical capabilities otherwise identical. So, like, I think they all run at 30 frames per second. And they all have like, it's like 720 or or 800 like resolution. So like you're not pricing yourself out if you're going with like the cheaper model. Like it's like the performance will be consistent. The base version will cost $399 and have 64 gigabytes of storage followed by a 529 model with 256 gigabytes. And finally a 649 version that has 512 gigabytes and an anti-glare edge glass screen. The latter two Steam Decks will also have faster NVMe S- uh, solid-state drives, and allow th- and all three will allow you to install and play games off of a micro-SD card to expand storage capacity further. The Steam Deck doesn't have a hard release date yet, but it's currently set for a holiday 2021 launch, and Valve president Gabe Newell told IGN that hitting these price points was painful but critical. <laughs> A reservation pre-order system will be rolling out in the Okay, that already happened actually. Uh, With Valve aiming to avoid the chaos, they actually handled this very well. Where very few like bots and scalpers were actually able to get a Switch. I mean, a, not Switch, uh, Steam Deck. They had this cool system where like you had to have already your the account you used to pre-order. You have to have already like bought something like before last month, mm-hmm. and you have to also have. Um, what was the other thing? You needed, I think it was at least a certain amount of uh, user history on it. So it wasn't like something you just came up with and like, bam, like, you know, try to scalp. Like, they actually did the, the pre-orders pretty well. And yeah, I mean, there's a little more to the article. Not much more, but I pretty much covered all the major stuff. Uh, Johnny, you already started explaining why this wasn't for you. But why don't you just finish that thought for us?
1: Well, it's not for me.
0: Yeah, why is this not well, for I, you? I just I'm
1: not into gaming on on mobile.
0: What about the PC aspects of like being able to plug it into your monitor back there and running it as an actual PC? I
1: would rather just carry up oh, well, running it as a PC it's different. I mean, me, I'd rather take my console and then take it to somebody's place and just take I'd take my whole monitor, my console and take it to somebody else's place that it's PC. And I don't have a high end PC to run those games that I can't access on the on the PS. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's
0: pretty dope, but
1: I don't think I want to get into PC like that.
0: I think this is perfect for somebody who wants to get into PC. Yeah, someone that already
1: already has those games on their PC already, or on, well, they're cool. on their
0: Steam library. You mean? Yeah, yeah. Do you have a Steam account by any chance? I or? don't. You know? Okay, so that doesn't matter. I don't have a gaming PC. I just have this laptop that I'm recording this podcast on, mm-hmm. and I have like maybe ten games through Steam Library that like run barely on my laptop. Yeah. So I already like if I were to buy this Steam Deck off the bat, I already have like ten games to play on it. This is kind. This is this serves two purposes, and I actually wrote a I actually wrote an article about this for uh, the the website. I volunteer for uh, Geek News Now. I Actually wrote an article about like who the Steam who, who what the Steam Deck who it is for. Mm-hmm. It's the person who already has a vast library that wants to play it on the go. And it's also for people like me who want to get into PC gaming, but has traditionally it's been very cost prohibitive. Yeah. Or you want to play PC games that are only on PC, but you don't want to put down the 800 dollars to like build a a great rig, you know what I mean? Yeah, but I mean think about it. If you already
1: had intentions to buy your PC and you're gonna buy a portable that's 400
0: bucks why won't you just slap it onto your tower
1: because you can just because
0: pu- i just told you you can just get, hook it up to a tv and you have like a pseudo pc experience right there using a keyboard and mouse you i can,
1: don't want a pseudo, pseudo experience
0: i mean it pretty much does that the exact same thing as a computer does with the exception of having like a smaller hard drive well your your laptop is already pseudo experience why not just stay there because i my laptop i can't like it's not mobile enough and also because my laptop doesn't have doesn't run games on medium settings. I have to run games on low settings on this computer. Okay, so so the portable hits
1: a sweet spot where it's not big like your laptop and you can't just take it anywhere and like exactly. put it in
0: your backpack. It's more portable, okay. has okay. higher specs than this eight, seven-year-old laptop does. Mm-hmm. At the same time. If you have a high-end PC and you are, like, one of those people who play PC games because you can do, like, 120 frames per second yeah. and you want 4K, like, this obviously isn't for you, right? This isn't for, like, the person who is, like, hardcore into, like, the optimal two monitors, like, curved curved display, like, experience, right? This isn't for the hardcore hardcore. Well, it's
1: hardcore. definitely a, a niche portable.
0: Yeah, this is definitely for somebody who wants to get into PC gaming or who already has a huge Steam library and is like, you know what? I do want to play this game on the on the go. The yeah, game maybe game. you do travel a lot. Maybe you, if exactly. you're on business trips or you're all yeah. constantly on a plane. Because like the the base model, the four hundred dollar one has was it sixty four sixty five gigabytes? Like that's like not even one full modern game. But I am hearing that people are buying the higher
1: tiers of these the top the, the t- Most of
0: the pre orders I've seen, like from and this is just like going off like of uh, we call it first-hand experience or like we call it? Uh something biased, personal bias, whatever you want to call it. People who I know on Twitter who like pre ordered this confirmation they, bias. There you go. Thank you. That's the word I'm looking for okay. confirmation bias. They went for they all stated they went for the middle one mm-hmm. where like the high one's a little too high, but the bot the low one's a little it's like not enough, right? So they went for the middle one, which is like the what 250 something gigabytes, right? It's on the, you wrote it down. No, you didn't write it I just down. wrote the price. You wrote the price. It's like 250 something gigabytes, right? I think I kind of scrolled past it. 256? Yeah. Yeah, 256 gigabytes is the middle one, and then 512 is the high-end one. And that's a
1: significant jump from 60 to... 200? Yeah, it's like 100, 130, 130 more
0: bucks. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. 130 bucks more. And then for 120 more, you get the the highest one from there. That middle tier does sound right. The middle tier, I think... Because if you re- remember in the article, I mentioned that uh, Gabe Newell, the, he's the head of Valve, he mentioned how like hitting that hitting those prices was painful but critical
1: mm-hmm.
0: so like i'm not a computer expert i definitely am not like a spec person but reading those things that doesn't sound like they have a huge it doesn't sound like they have a huge profit margin off the base model i'm guessing they're probably bleeding on the base model mm-hmm. and then the other two models are supposed to make up for it because 130 dollars, johnny would you say is that what it would cost for a 64 gigabyte hard drive to a 256 like is that the price oh, I don't difference know hard
1: drives are right
0: now. no no okay i don't think so because one terabyte hard drive two terabyte hard drive that i have for ps4 was like 80 bucks two terabytes yes okay. external hard drive all right so jumping from 64 gigabytes to 256 is a smaller gap yeah and i'm pretty sure the 130 thirty dollar gap it probably that probably has to be where they're profiting from or at least not losing as much money. To me, this seems like a smart move, right? Well, the top two sounds like
1: obviously where they're profiting from, but it's also a good deal for the consumer.
0: Yeah, uh, the three. I mean, the base model is only fifty bucks more than the Switch OLED model. It's only fifty bucks more than the Switch OLED, Johnny. Mm-hmm. For fifty bucks more, you can get. You can run. There's a switch emulator on PC. Yeah, people are saying that. Yeah, exactly. Like you can people,
1: run. People were saying they're gonna throw a ton of emulators onto the system, and they're gonna, gonna go all the way to the PS days and the 64. And well, the that's GameCube
0: what's so cool about it, Johnny is that Valve is like they're super op- they like super like open source with this thing. Like mm-hmm. they mentioned, like you can run Epic Game Store. Like Epic Game Store is like their competitor, their direct competitor. Yeah. And they're saying like, oh yeah, you can slap that on here and it'll work. Like what? Like, they're, like, super open about it. So I'm thinking this is super, super smart because Valve already makes, like, a huge profit margin off the games they sell in their store. Uh This is, like, you just open an entire new market with this new product. Like, not only are you getting people you already have, you know, retaining customers, but you're opening it to, like, new markets of people who are, like, oh, this is, like, another handheld.
1: Yeah, and I don't know if if, uh, the Switch does this, but I'm assuming they have, like, a good user experience for the internet, right?
0: no (laughs) when you say when you say good user experience for the internet what do you mean like the store like the explorer does it function well dude i don't even think the switch has a a web browser really i don't think it i have never used it on my switch i don't even think it yeah i don't remember seeing like a icon for a web browser on my switch it might do it i highly doubt it i highly doubt it because i don't remember anyone ever mentioning a web browser on the switch
1: Alright, I'm just assuming, but with this being a PC experience, it's gonna have a fucking browser. Oh, right? absolutely, absolutely. Browser,
0: yeah, right? if you can hook it up to the monitor, like how they said. Like, I seen the video IGN referenced, like, they talked about how they went more in depth. I saw the video where a guy literally plugs in the USB-C type thing okay. from the monitor yeah. to the Steam Deck. And he continues playing, like, as it's like a regular game. And then he also opens up to, like, the, to like the, to like the, to like the what do you call it? The main page? Oh, what do you call it on the, on the desktop? Whatever you call it on the the home screen the home screen i'm sorry the home screen yeah you can see like the little like the icons and stuff like it's a fully
1: functioning right. pc yeah so that sounds like a good deal too if you don't want to carry your laptop you're on a business trip
0: you can plug this into maybe 100. a hotel with a yeah HDMI a or whatever. hotel uh-huh.
1: and then maybe you could write up like you're working on you a would just need to we just have like
0: to have another keyboard too probably though mm, yeah but it's still more portable than your than your laptop yeah this bridge is like this is like between a switch and a laptop yeah basically like a high high-end laptop yeah so maybe and for sell. 50 bucks more johnny yeah
1: for 50 bucks more that is insane so you keep mentioning that what's your take on
0: this being a competitor to the switch uh i don't see this as a competitor to switch because there are two different markets the only reason why i keep saying like 50 bucks more than the switch is I'm thinking of like if i had if i was somebody who didn't have either unless i was like well, super hardcore about i know it's i know i'm kind of like contradicting myself right because i said like if i the person who's gonna buy the switch is buying it for the nintendo properties right smash brothers mario kart somebody who's buying this the steam deck is not concerned about like playing mario because either a they already have a switch or b like you like that just doesn't appeal that to- enough
1: yeah i'd go with the with the steam deck because i'd get to play mature games i get to play a lot more shooters gorier games uh some racing games and it has like probably has the ability to do all your business stuff right you could probably check all your emails yeah it has open essays you can do school work
0: not only that johnny but think about this is the this is the part that's really trippy to me is that the steam deck steam runs okay it runs steam that's not the true part it runs steam right if you think about what steam has to offer there is playstation exclusives on this on steam now Mm -hmm. you can play did you ever think that day would come you play horizon on mobile well i'm not sure if it's
1: gonna run on it well okay it still so has, it still has a, a minimum
0: right no well it would run okay so they played so, okay, they played yeah. control right you know control right okay that's, that's one of your games they played control on medium to high settings and it said they ran fine
1: that's a heavy game yeah because control is not a very optimized game
0: right and keep in mind it's capped like at 30 frames per second yeah. so like it's not you know it's not going to be super crazy and you know you're playing on mobile you're playing on a smaller screen like I guess you could say fidelity is less of a concern than if you were playing like on your nice TV back there monitor, Right. Okay. So like imagine being able to play, you have, they also, I don't know if I mentioned this article, but someone else, they showed them playing death stranding on the, okay. Like imagine playing death stranding it's or control good. or like any of those like high end recent triple on handheld. Like that's insane. Now I did look up how much memory space does control take and it's like 50 something gigs. So if you're playing control on the base model, you only have like a few more gigs for like the very basic very small games. And all the models have this SDD slot storage, mm-hmm. which I think SD cards right now they can go up to 1 terabyte, but they're like kind of like pricey. Okay. But you can also get like a like my Switch that I have at home, I have a 250 no, 248 gigabyte SD card slot. And that's probably, that cost me like 40, 50 bucks around there. So you can, off PC games, you can only fit like a few big, big titles. Or you can fit like a lot smaller, like, you know, experiences in there. Like, I looked up, like, Fallout New Vegas is one of my favorite games of all time. That game takes up like seven, six gigs. Mm -hmm. So if I wanted to get this and play Fallout on the go, like, I could do that. It's just, there's just so many different, like, sort of options. But I think it's just a shitty
1: experience to enjoy those games that belong on a bigger screen to play on a handheld i don't think you want to do all that like i think handhelds are
0: better for older games you could well okay fallout new vegas is an older game came like a decade ago and only takes up like eight gigs like i could put like eight fallout games i'm not
1: going to do that but i could okay on my on my uh smartphone Mm -hmm. because it's a sony phone Mm -hmm. i can mirror exactly what the playstation does i played uh spider-man
0: but that's because you're streaming off of the
1: playstation right yeah i streamed it and it looks great it looks amazing everyone okay. it, it ran well enough you have to have it connected through internet though right i do but what i'm trying to say is a triple a game like that i just get up fed up with not being able to see like all the little icons all the little details right
0: that is a valid concern i'll say that is a valid concern i saw who was it somebody on twitter someone who was either from a studio or some or a publica- publication that mentioned that like reading text on PC games is already hard enough. Yeah. Now imagine the same issue on a smaller seven-inch screen. Like there's gonna be some games like theoretically on paper you can play
1: exactly, yeah.
0: but you're gonna have, you're gonna have no idea what you're looking at in terms of like text.
1: Yeah. So if what I'm trying to say is if the intent was to go in there trying to play these games that are AAA, I don't think you're gonna have a good time with it. I'd be playing games that are like RTSs.
0: Absolutely, yeah. Right. And what's a, what's the cool thing with the Steam Deck is like I feel like like I feel like I kind of like shilling for the Steam Deck, but honestly, I'm just very excited about it because mm-hmm. it sounds cool. You have two joysticks, right? One on each side. Then you also have two t- um, uh, touchpad kind of things where it's like a circle that functions as like the mouse. Mm-hmm. Plus, it's touchscreen. Plus, you have the two paddles in the back and then the two shoulder buttons on the either side. Like you have enough inputs where, like, you can play just about any feasible game that requires, like, without all the buttons of a keyboard kind of thing. So, like, RTSs, I think, like, XCOM. Well, XCOM's not RTS, right? That's a that's more like a tactical RPG. But like RTSs, like you mentioned, um, Command and Conquer, Civilization, Age of Empires, like that kind of stuff would probably run well. It's just we have to find a way. How would they? get around like, cause those games have like a lot of text yeah, and a lot of small text. Mm-hmm. You, There has to be some way. I imagine there's probably toggles or in-game options that allow you to like expand the text box kind of thing. The, you know, the little window for reading. Mm-hmm. Um, on the other hand, like even if you don't use like all the mobile, mm-hmm. like app, not apps, I'm sorry. All the mobile. I can't, I can't think today. What's the word? Know? Advantages. You can just plug it into a monitor, Johnny, and just run it as like a as like a low cost mid tier PC, with a keyboard, and it's like that's that alone is like almost worth it by itself, almost. Not to me. Okay, well we disagree then me, I guess. Yeah. We are at a uh, impasse, my friend. Uh, this is super cool. Uh, I did not reserve one just because of. Okay the the main reason this is exciting
1: is because I want to see what Nintendo comes with out with. It. I want this to perform really well because I don't want Nintendo to come back and be like, this is how we're going to win you back. You know, over. For the customers that they may have lost with. the with back, like. back
0: to your original question. For the Vita. I don't think it's a direct competitor. It's not the same thing because they're, they're targeting two different markets, right? Like, someone who plays on Switch or who wants to play on Switch probably doesn't care too much about playing PC games, right? Or, you know what I mean? Like, We've talked about this last time where like the Switch is always like the secondary game, right? The secondary console yeah. to your Xbox or to your PlayStation, right? Mm-hmm. It's not the same it's not like apples and it's not like apples to apples with like the PC experience, right? Those are two different those are two different markets, two different groups, those are two different worlds, so to speak, right? Because whoever's gonna play Switch, anybody who wants a Switch, they probably want it for Smash Brothers. They want it for Mario Kart. They want it for Mario or Pokemon or things that you can't, well, through legal means, play on the on the Steam Deck, right? And the Joy Cons and like the the hand the motion sensor, like those are things that are like intuitive to like the Switch experience, right?
1: You know what? You kind of won me over to want to buy a switch instead of the team the steam deck because what i'm looking for out of the steam deck is really what i want out of my console and the games that are on nintendo lend themselves better to be on a handheld because they're like honestly like low resolution games very simple games like mario kart works well for something like a handheld right their games do that shit well right exactly so for a from a practical point of view it makes more sense to get a switch than a steam deck
0: oh okay
1: because the games are just more playable
0: right they're two. They're meant for that specific switch experience right mm-hmm. yeah. whereas games that are on pc also have to have, like like control or death training they're also console games right they're so they're geared console, yeah. yeah so they're geared for like multi-platform they're like they're less focused they're a bigger screen exactly
1: yeah
0: okay I didn't think about that you're right um yeah, so they're are two different audiences. That's funny though. Talking about the Steam Deck makes you want a, a Switch more. That's kind of funny.
1: <laughs> yeah, unless you're looking at it from a like a study point of view, where you might want to do some business, you
0: know. Oh, okay. You're talking about like the the traditional computer yeah. applications of the. Well, the cool thing is that the Steam Deck could also run Xbox Game Pass, Johnny. So you don't, you would never have to have an Xbox if you wanted to play Xbox games.
1: Damn, like. I'm going back and forth now. Because if you get the Steam Deck, you can emulate all those Nintendo games. Right?
0: Imagine a handheld that like, you can play all the big three. PlayStation, Xbox, and Nintendo on it. That's like... That's like... The, the that's the dream. The are tempting. Right. There is an official Switch emulator that's on PC already.
1: That's... Okay.
0: Yeah. There's, I forget what it's called. It's like... Uh, Swinga? Swing... Switches? I forget what it's called. But like steam has xbox games you can also put game pass on this you can also play the playstation games that are already on steam you have access to like your backlog of software through steam you can put the epic game pass uh, i'm sorry epic game store on here which like every month they give out like a free game anyways like all right pick your pick your handheld Andrew. oh definitely steam deck if i had so if i lost my switch it's someone's like hey i'll give you a you can have your switch back or the steam deck i'm like sorry sorry nintendo i'm going with the Steam steam deck Luckily, I get I am not in, in that scenario. I already have a switch, and I can just go get a Steam Deck later.
1: So, final thoughts on that, Johnny. Well, if they perform well, we're gonna have to see what Nintendo does, or if uh, PlayStation brings back their handheld.
0: Nintendo doesn't tend to be reactive when it comes to like competitors. Like they don't really. Nintendo tends to be more like a trendsetter than like a trend follower. Yeah,
1: but that's because they're in their niche for well, gaming like, look at they started losing market share for that
0: well look at like their like approach to like online stuff right like xbox and playstation have this superior online multiplayer experience where like what's your psn id it's this name like okay there you go add it that's it whereas on nintendo it's like what's your friend code and it's like an 11 digit number because you can't just use a username it has to be the friend code the numbers mm-hmm. and then they also have to add you on their end like you have to give each other the friend codes, and only as like a mutually ex, like exchange thing. It's like very archaic because Nintendo has like it's really kind of like set in their ways in a way. So like that you saying like oh like they're gonna respond to the the Steam Deck, I highly doubt it. I highly doubt it because they know they Nintendo has like quality IP. They know what they're doing. Like they have, they print money at this point anyways. I don't think this this isn't like the same space. You know what I mean? They're not competing in the same space. The only way they're anywhere the same is that they're mobile. They're handheld. That's like the only thing they share in common. Other than that, specs, games, software, everything else is completely different. So we'll see how that turns out. Uh, I think this is going to be the longest story we've done for this episode. Because I think there's just more to discuss here. And also the SD card slot. Like the Switch already has an SD card slot. I'm just thinking this is smart because not just for steam but even their competitors benefit from this because like i forgot who it was the the head over at uh epic games was saying like oh like oh yeah i love the idea of the steam deck because like to them that means like hey we just gain another foothold in another market without even trying like our competitor did it for us because you can add the epic game store on the steam deck and you can just buy epic games that way or games through epic Epic's game store you know what i'm Mm -hmm. saying Microsoft, I think, I think was it Phil or somebody else will say like, "Oh, this is really cool." It's like, yeah, you're saying that because you can sell Xbox like Game Pass through this as well. Like this is like one of those like uh, what they call a rising tide lifts all boats kind of thing. Yeah. Where like there's nobody really losing out here. Like these are all these are smart. This is a smart move for like everybody involved in like the mobile or PC space. So I'm curious to see what's gonna happen. I did not pre-order one just because. I don't know yet what's what that's gonna look like, that situation, like come along. Well I forgot holiday. to mention
1: they previously had the Steam Machine and that was a failure, right? You mentioned so the Steam Machine yeah. as well.
0: Does any of the stuff I mentioned though, do you think addresses the shortcomings of the Steam Machine though? Cause no. you mentioned the Steam Machine earlier to me and you told me how much it was and I was like, That seemed kinda of pricey for what it was, where it's just a console that Almost plays did it turn out to be like six four hundred the previous one? Yeah. Okay. Up to like something thousands of dollars depending on which model you got. Mm. This seems much more consumer friendly. Yeah, and most of the articles I've seen
1: on this, um, all the commentary seems to be pretty positive. Yeah, so.
0: I'm excited. We'll see what happens. Um, look for. There's no official release date. It's like holiday December 2021. But we'll see. I know there's some people who reserved like later on and they got notifications like, oh, expected like first quarter 2022. So like, I guess if you didn't, pre-order fast enough like they already have an idea of how many they're gonna make like in the first quarter so that's uh, something to think about let's move on to our next story johnny so xbox phil spencer head of xbox phil spencer praises ps5 dual sense controller this article comes to us from game rant written by trevor edwards a name i can pronounce trevor edwards sony undoubtedly made waves when debuting the dual sense controller for playstation 5 a total redesign from PS4's DualShock, the DualSense, where we get our name from, features a total shape overhaul along with truly next-gen features like haptic feedback and adaptive triggers. Johnny, you still need to come over and try it out. Once well, my, uh, I don't have so much family over though. The two, the new functionalities have been lauded by just about everyone who's tried them, including head of Xbox Phil Spencer. Spencer was a guest on the most recent episode of the Kind of Funny Game cast, which I listened to, talking about what the future holds for Xbox. While he states his company won't be releasing any major accessories or peripherals anytime in the near future, he does suggest that a new version of the Xbox Series X controller is a strong possibility. The Xbox head says the company has been thinking about bringing more games to more places through different kinds of devices, and that there's probably some work that we'll do on the controller. Not to say he isn't satisfied with the one Xbox currently has, lauding Microsoft gaming engineer head Elizabeth Hamron's team for the work they've done so far. Spencer goes on to compliment Sony's innovations with the PS5's DualSense, revealing he thinks Sony has done a nice job with its controller, and that Xbox has apparently been looking at some of its features and thinks there are things that we should go do. Spencer has actually complimented the PlayStation 5 controller before, applauding the same aspects of the DualSense last November. Later in the Kind of Funny Games cast, the Xbox head was asked specifically about the new, about the chances of the company breaking into the VR or AR gaming space, to which he replied, it's not really something it's looking to do at the moment. Uh, there's a little bit more in the article if anyone wants to read it. I'm just going to end it right there. Um, Johnny. Well, let me go first real quick just because I usually go to you, but to me, this doesn't seem like much about anything, really. I'm just talking about, like, yeah, like, the controller's cool and, like, there's some stuff to learn from it, but it doesn't seem to say, like, oh, yeah, like, we're gonna... we're actually gonna pursue that. Like, we're gonna change the way the controller works. Haptic feedback for me as somebody who does use a PS5 and the, the haptic feedback on the controller is really cool where, like, every game i play that has a PS5 version of that game the vibrations, the feedback feels, like, unique to each game. It's not like in the PS2 days where it's, like, rumble, rumble, rumble. And it's, like, every game you play is just, like, rumble, 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 right? Yeah, that
1: was my first impression. That I felt like I was going to get that impression
0: that everything was going to feel, feel the same. Yeah. It feels completely different. Like, I was playing Final Fantasy fourteen earlier today. And, like, you can ride mounts, which are, like, you know, like, horses or stuff like that. But, like, I have, like, a chocobo, right? Which is, like, a giant, like, ostrich chicken thing. And when you use it, like you walk around, and you can feel like the feedback feels similar yet different than when you're just on foot. When you f- on foot, you can feel like the on the controller. When you're on the chuckle it's more like a, like a thack 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 thack. It feels different weight. The weight, yeah, the impact, the strength of the impact is different, even though like the beat is the mm-hmm. same. It's still the same like walking motion. Mm-hmm. The 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 the, th- th- but now it's like a. Th- it's hard to describe with my mouth, but it feels heavier, like, more impactful. Have you played the, the, the game that came with it?
1: What, what is it, the little robot game?
0: Astro's Playroom? Yeah.
1: I still have not played that game. All right. I, I
0: heard Astro makes the best use of the dual sense. Yeah, Saints. that's
1: why I mentioned it. I feel, I think there was, like, fur. You could feel
0: the sand. So, oh, I, I need really I really need to play it now. I have it all. I think I deleted it to make <laughs> I'm going to go back and play it eventually. I yeah, I heard. Somebody it
1: t- was just a good game in itself though.
0: It's a good game supposedly and also like it features like all the PS features like prominently. So I'm gonna go back and play that. Uh what do you think about this, Johnny? Do you think Xbox do you think the dual sense controller, like having I mean, not used it yet, but do you think it's getting enough praise or enough commotion in the industry for people to look at it and be like, okay, Xbox, when are you gonna do the same thing?
1: No, I haven't heard of that. I mean, I just haven't heard people shit on the, on the PlayStation controller. Everybody likes it. Everybody likes the ergonomics, the weight,
0: the haptic feedback. It feels good. Yeah. It has the right amount of weight. That's what she said. <laughs> well, like, looking back, like, if you ever played with the PS3 controller, it feels too light and flimsy. Mm-hmm. The PS4 controller slightly builds on that better. But the PS5, con- the dual sets, it just... Uh, that control feels perfect. Like... I feel like all the R and D went into the control than anything else. I mean, aside from the hard drive, but like the ergonomics, the weight, like it feels like they we peak, we've perfected control technology basically. Like this is the form factor, mm-hmm. and, and like you said, nobody has complained about it because there's nothing to complain about. Yeah, it's not too light, it's not too heavy. It's like the Goldilocks; it's just right. Yeah, I mean
1: the only complaint I've heard about the controls is uh, joystick drift, right? Nintendo's. I haven't had that.
0: Oh, Joy-Con for the Switch, yeah.
1: Yeah, they're they're having that issue with the with the joysticks as well. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I
0: have to try it sometime. You should, Johnny. You should. Right. I mean, it's pretty cool though that you get somebody from the competition to like acknowledge, like, yeah, that's that's some cool tech you have. So, let's move on to our next story, Johnny. This next one comes to us from Kotaku by author luke plunkett i oh, hope i'm saying that right plunkett it sounds like a, something i would do like on a like bop it skip it plunk switch it. it plunk it <laughs> i mean like a, like a command netflix's video game service is saying all the right things As part of the company's latest earnings report, Netflix CEO Reed Hastings and Chief Product Officer Greg Peters jumped on an investor phone call to talk about loads of things related to the future of the company. While discussing one of those things, their impending detour to video games, things got pretty interesting. Former games writer Julia Alexander was listening to the call and took note of what they were saying when it came to Netflix's video game plans. Aside from the fact that Netflix will initially be targeting mobile games, Hastings says that they're not expecting to or planning to make a profit from any video game development or offerings, and are simply using them as a means of increasing the overall value of a Netflix subscription. Since the platform's games aren't going to be a separate or increased, co- yeah, aren't going to be a separate or increased cost, not yet anyway. What might be of more interest to you, though, is the way Netflix has approached mobile gaming. While there's a stereotype that the biggest and most popular mobile games are built on predatory, monetary, and design principles, Hastings says, hey, because we don't need to worry about taking your money for these games since we're already taking your money, we don't care about any of that. Then Peter says, we know fans of those stories, Core IP, as they want to go deeper. We, we, we know fans of those stories. Okay, is they want to go deep. That's an incorrect sentence. Interactive can provide an in-depth world to explore. We also feel our subscription model yields some opportunity to support some game experiences that are undeserved by the dominant monetization model. Oh, I'm sorry. Underserved, not undeserved. Underserved by the dominant monetization models. We don't have to think about ads. We don't have to think about in-game purchases or other monetization. We don't have to think about title purchase. We can just be laser focused on creating the most entertaining game experiences that we can. We're finding that a lot of game developers are really into that idea and focus and focus and just putting their energy into great gameplay without worrying about those other considerations. They've had to trade off instead of just making compelling games. That is certainly a very cool thing to hear. It means nothing until we actually get to see and play Netflix's games, of course. But as far as opening pitches go, it's a good one. And I accidentally read the entire article, uh, accidentally. So sorry, Luke. But if you guys wanna read the article, you can go to Kotaku and read that article. Uh, Johnny, so it seems like when Netflix is approaching is they're not gonna straight up offer games on the service, on Netflix, the service. Rather they want to expand through mobile to mobile gaming through Netflix as a vehicle in terms of like a studio kind of thing. Also, oh, they're just producing the game and put it into the platform. That's what I took from this. That seems to be the gist of it. And I like how he says like we're not doing this to make more money off it, but we're trying to add more value to the Netflix subscription. This is like the house equivalent of adding an extra room. No, it's like taking one of your bedrooms in your house. Putting up a wall in the middle and turn into a two bedroom, you didn't actually change like the, the square footage. You're not charged. There's not. It's not making more money. But when you resell, you can add that extra room onto like the information, and that will add value because it's an extra bedroom. Get you know what I'm saying? Yeah. They're not making money, like you said, directly off of it, but they're adding more su- value to the service.
1: So, if you already have a subscription, they're saying if they're going to develop games, put on a different platform. And because you have that subscription, that game is free. How does that work?
0: That's what it sounds like. It sounds like, yeah, because they're adding more value. So if they're adding more value to the brand, that means like they're not di- taking the money directly because you're already giving them money through the year. So it's like Amazon Prime. You get all that shipping benefits. Exactly. And on top, you get the... Exactly. Where I...
1: You get the show. When, when I had right? Amazon
0: Prime, I would only care about two-day shipping. That was like the only thing. Yeah, there was Amazon Music, There's Amazon Prime, but I never used those services. Yeah. But I could if I wanted to, right? So this is like the same thing where they're adding an extra service to the existing like subscription plan. But it's not increasing the cost, parentheses, where it says not yet anyway. Because we know Netflix has historically raised their subscription prices throughout the years just because like they feel like, okay. Well, it's more of a hook too.
1: Like, uh, I have Amazon Prime, right? Mm-hmm. I don't need it all the time. So sometimes I'll just cancel it. But right now, I'm in the middle of watching Fight Club. So it kind of keeps me in there a few more days. until The movie Fight Club? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so it keeps me in there a few more days. And then I might, during those days, I might find another film. And then I end up keeping it for all the films that I might watch, you know? Right. So, it's yeah, it does add value, but it adds more hooks to your subscription.
0: To me, this seems kind of like a response to, like, uh, lately people have been saying, like, Oh, like Netflix isn't worth it anymore. Like, there's like other streaming platforms like offer like Disney Plus or like HBO Max. They offer more value for their subscription. This sounds kind of like a we're not going to change our price model, but we are going to add more stuff to justify what we do charge. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. This feels this feels more reactive. This feels more like what you're asking about with Nintendo like react to the Steam Deck. This is this would be that equivalent where Netflix is like we're not going to change pricing models or structures but we're gonna add more bang to your buck Mm -hmm. so i like it i like how they mentioned like because they're already getting your money they don't have to worry about like gotcha systems with like random like you know pay yeah it sounds cool like as someone who does play mobile games from time to time i'll probably much just play a game until it becomes to the point where like i can't progress without spending money and i'll just drop it so the fact that they're implement like that, they're coming with this approach. Like we're not gonna do ads, like just interrupt the gaming experience. We're not gonna do like uh, we call it those incentives, like to pay for like uh, something that's like based on luck or whatever. Like they're approaching this and saying like our developers don't have to worry about compromising their uh, what would you call it vision to like implement things about like random like you know the like monetizations so they can just focus on the core gameplay like story or whatever it is like that sounds cool that sounds ideally like what you as a consumer would want yeah but they only mentioned mobile is that what they said mobile as of right now that seems to be yeah approach uh mobile gaming so i'm wondering does this does that mean like it's going to be separate on the app store like you're going to look for a game under netflix and it's going to be separate or is it going to be like, it's going to check that you have a Netflix subscription like already? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I wonder if you're going to have a
1: separate like Netflix app and then you just sign into your account and it tells you all the games that you can download. That way it's not in just a flood like a Google store.
0: Right. I'm thinking that too because you know when you go to your Netflix on your phone, on the app, it, you know where you check it as a which user, which person profile? Mm-hmm. Like They could just add that as like another like tab right there. And instead of taking you to, like, the Netflix menu where they have the movies and stuff, it just take you to a Netflix menu that just has games and stuff. Yeah, that, that'd be cool. That'd be simple. This sounds interesting. Uh, not as hype for me as the Steam Deck. And these are, of course, two different, completely different things. Yeah. Because this is kind of the thing where, like, I, like, like Luke says at the end, like, I'll believe it when I see it kind of thing. That's that's how I'm taking the approach here. Like, all right, you can t- give me the spiel. You want to get me hyped up? But we'll see if you really deliver on that we'll see uh did you have any more thoughts about that or is that it
1: not well i think it'd be nice to see a lot of netflix properties go into mobile and eventually yeah. AAA games i mean there's That's already a,
0: a stranger things game it's actually like decent game i think there's been a couple of those but yeah i don't
1: want to see those properties transfer into a, a different
0: i think we talked about this once didn't we? when i said like oh yeah. like a bird was it like a bird box or what's it called bird whatever
1: Black Box, Burn Box,
0: something like that. It was another like which Netflix proper would take Ozarks make that into like GTA or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that would be interesting. Uh, I know there's like a Netflix show that's like big right now, but I can't remember what it is. Johnny, do you remember? Well, I don't know. Like mine is for me, it's like Ozarks. There's a bunch of animes that's there's been animes going on too. for a while. Ozarks. There's like another one that's like big, like this just this past month on Netflix. Oh no, it's not the same thing. But they added all the Karate Kids movie to Netflix. So what about a uh, Tiger King? game they were supposed to make a movie with that with nicholas cage as that character and he I'm just down that's he, a total he, no well okay he just recently canceled it he just recently said like the studio is like not interested anymore does hmm. nicholas cage fit that character because i haven't seen i think that fits i haven't seen the other show but i've seen enough in like social media and stuff uh-huh
1: nicholas cage sounds like he's right
0: he's now. out there enough right he's yeah. kind of weird out there all right let's move on to our last story for this evening and that is another Kotaku article, and this one by again Luke Plunket, Bop it, Beat it, Switch it, Plunket. It. Tencent wants to buy Sumo Group for 1.3 billion dollars, and then it has bracket update and bracket because I think they already bought them. Uh, let's see, let's go down, Johnny, shall we? The board of British company Sumo Group, various studios have worked on everything from Hitman to Forza to Disney Infinity has agreed to a purchase by Chinese giant Tencent for a whopping $1.3 billion. Routers or routers, I I don't know how to say it, reports. The acquisition is merely the latest from Tencent, who in recent years have invested in or taken ownership of other gaming companies like, and here's a list, Riot Games. Tencent owns a 100% share of Riot Games. Epic Games, the you know Fortnite, all that forty percent ownership of Epic Games. That's wild, dude. don't nod. Twenty three percent. So don't nod. Are the people who make um, uh, Life is Strange, uh, well, all the other Life is Strange games basically. Activision Blizzard five percent stake, Ubisoft five percent stake, Paradox. I don't know who Paradox is, but a five percent stake. So they got their hands everywhere, Johnny, everywhere. This is as well as smaller investments in companies like Platinum Games, who, if you know, makes a Bayonetta... Metal Gear Rising. Metal Gear Rising, that's right. That's, that's their style, right? The hack and slash kind of games. Mm-hmm. Roblox, you, you know what Roblox is. And Bohemia Interactive, who I off the top of my head, I don't really remember. And that's just a selection of some of the better known studios and publisher. Tencent also owns the video game site Fanbyte. Fanbyte is another medium outlet. Uh, we haven't referenced any of their stories yet, but I do follow them on Twitter. Sumo Digital was originally founded in England in 2003, and I have very fond memories of one of their first releases, 2004's excellent home console port of OutRun 2. Born from the demise of Infogrames, Sumo's early success led to their opening a second studio in 2007, before opening many more and then acquiring more still in both the UK and overseas. Sumo also does a little big planning, I think. They did one of them. Uh, I I had the tab. No, I don't think they did one. Because one was Media Molecule. Right, right. And I think Media Molecule also did too. Uh, let me look it up real quick. Because so I had the tab open and then I closed it for um, for one of the stories. I, I I just hate having too many tabs open. It looks bad. It's like clutter. Uh, sumo Group. Okay, yeah. But where's the games? Show me the games. I would like to see the games. Where? Sumo Digital. Okay, this is... Okay, Games Developed. Okay, I'm only going to look for the ones that stand out. Uh, they did Sonic and Sega All Stars Racing in 2010. They did Sonic and All Stars Racing Transform in 2012. Little Big Planet 3 for PS3 and PS4. Snake Pass. That's that funny looking game with the snake that like goes up and down. Crackdown 3. Sackboy A Big Adventure. So that's one of the PS5 games. Uh, they did Hood, Outlaws, and Legends, which I heard is just okay they've done some other ones they've ported Forza Horizon 2 they de- co-developed meaning like they weren't the only ones they did Dead Space Ignition what's Dead Space Ignition Johnny Never heard of it Dead Space Ignition is a 2010 action puzzle video game oh, okay it's like a spin-off of Dead Space but it's a puzzle action game from 2010 you fight? I guess you didn't play it then huh I oh, don't know uh they did Broken Sword which is like a fun that's like a one of those point and click games they did hitman hitman 2 disney infinity 3.0 and some other stuff so they have they've had their hands like in everything they've worked with thq ubisoft microsoft uh codemaster sega they kind of been everywhere they're kind of like all over the place konami okay they did uh gti club I'm not sure what that is but that's konami so they've been like in everything they've had their hands in everything so that could be why like it's such a high valuation. Uh, let me get back to the article at the time of this proposal from tencent who previously already had an eight percent stake in the company sumo had five primary studios across england and a further five subsidiaries including polish studio pixel ant which sumo only just purchased themselves in february so this is like an acquisition within an acquisition johnny coincidentally just last week the guardian that's like the big one in england the big newspaper published a lengthy report on the extent to which Chinese companies like Tencent have been able to exert their influence over the global video games market. From troubles getting paradoxes games published in China, to reports of a shift in the way League of Legends developers Riot were able to design their world, being asked to consider the Chinese market's assumed preferences when designing characters. I have no idea what that means. Last year, Tencent was targeted by then-President Donald Trump, who tried and ultimately failed to introduce a ban on U.S. business and customers dealing with any of the company's services, from messaging service WeChat to potentially any of Tencent's video games as well. Trying, do you remember this was like this happened last year too, like where they tried to get kick uh, TikTok off of the App Store? Yeah, because it's like spyware. Which it, I mean, it is, but right. yeah, that was like I was, that's part of that same thing with Trump. What he tried to do, so. Uh, okay. Update at 4:32 a.m. It should be noted that while Tencent have made a 1.3 billion offer, and Sumo's board firmly believes the business will benefit from Tencent's broad video gaming ecosystem, the deal won't be 100% final unless it gets approved from Sumo's shareholders. Headline has been updated to reflect this. So this isn't set in stone, Johnny. It hasn't happened, but it looks like it's going to happen. Um, I like how Luke mentioned like the all the hands, all the all the honey pots that Tencent has their hands in uh 40 epic games five so percent game,
1: so all the games you mentioned they already own shares of them or they just kind of worked with them
0: are you talking about the ones out like the percentages yeah like you they yeah. own shares of them okay so they 100 percent own riot games they 40 percent own epic games so like fortnite and all that they own 23 percent of don't nod they own five percent of blizzard five percent of ubisoft like they have hands in everything johnny everything uh, what do you think about this, Johnny? I, I think I already know your answer, but yeah, I don't like so much consolidation. That's
1: is it... the, the main point, and it's also a Chinese company. I don't I don't want them dictating the narratives for our games.
0: Well, they just mentioned right there was like the uh, it was like a little bit at the end when they talked about uh, League of Legends, which is like one of Riot's big games. Uh, they said they were asked to. The the developers were asked to consider the Chinese market's assumed preferences when designing characters. Mm -hmm. So to me, that's not a huge thing. It was talking just about aesthetics. Like, I don't know what that means though. What are Chinese players into? Like visually, I wonder, muscles or like boobs or something. I don't know. So to me, that's not that big of a deal. But if they're talking about like themes or like plot or like marketing in terms of like um, I'm message? Not, I'm the not mes- sure if
1: it means exactly this, but there's like, uh, what is it? John Boyega. He has a Star Wars poster.
0: Remember? That's right, yeah. right. He's not featured in the Chinese one. right? Well,
1: he's featured, but they scale him way Smaller. down. Yeah, also, with I think it's Black Panther. Over here, we see um, what's his name? We see uh, not T'Challa, but we see uh, Killmonger. Okay. We see him without the mask. And in Disney, they put the mask over him. Michael B. Jordan. Yeah. yeah uh also with like robert downey jr um well what is it a uh, iron man they make a special scene for a chinese actor to be in the film that's not in our cut interesting uh,
0: or what was that thing we just talked about last time remember with Um oh, we were talking about um i forgot the name they the, were with john cena remember when oh yeah
1: john, john, cena john cena mentions something
0: yeah. about taiwan and like had to apologize for mentioning taiwan yeah. like
1: there's also little moments where um what is it the avengers endgame they don't want to have the monks i think it's the monks it's not the monks there's a religion there
0: yeah because uh, they're because they're from tibet i think yeah right? Tibet. yeah
1: uh the canon i think was tibet but in chinese they don't like want to tell you that the tibet is yeah is a thing yeah i think so they call they it something re- else yeah they rewrite it and yeah it's that type of shit that i don't want to see that yeah type
0: of i mean video game cons- consolidation overall is just not great for the industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, I understand developers gotta make money. They wanna be in a situation where they don't have to worry where funding's gonna come from next. I get that. But like just the idea of more companies falling into like, you know, the corporate like ladder is just like it's just kind of demoralizing. Uh I mean I didn't even I don't even go as far as like what you said about like the whole Chinese thing. Like to me, like I think of EA like in the same kind of like, like same kind of light where it's like EA is notorious for, like, buying studios and, like, cannibalizing them. Yeah, I don't like it either. I don't, I don't care that it's an American company. Exactly. I just don't like it. Exactly. So, just consolidation overall is bad. But, like, in this case with Tencent, where, like, they're, like, literally, like, guiding the narrative. Like, that's kind of just... Like, I get it. Like, it's, you know, free speech in the sense that you can write or publish whatever you want. But, like, with a guiding hand like that, it just seems kind of ominous, I guess, is what mm-hmm. we're trying to get at. So, uh... Dof, definitely don't feel good about this i don't um talking like yoda but uh it's interesting it's interesting i hope i imagine as this if they try to do this again i'm hoping like this isn't draw up attention where it's like okay like are we looking at the first i guess uh not legalization but we're we looking at, like another landmark poly like court case kind of like back in the 90s where games weren't like policing themselves where they didn't have like a rating system Mm -hmm. and the games had to create after like mortal kombat 2 they had come up with the esrb which is like they rate all the games like you know like mature you know stuff like that are we gonna look at another situation where like the courts are gonna step in and say like in the future like okay you can't just keep buying all these companies well i wish it
1: was more like japan you know like you can't buy it if you're not from the country like at least not without jumping straight up by capcom
0: right it's not without jumping through like a lot of hoops or like opening up like a microsoft japan branch or something like something that's kind of like to like you know there's always like loopholes so uh i guess we'll see where this goes they haven't accepted it for sure it seems like they're leaning to it but i guess we'll find out maybe by next week we'll probably have like a for sure uh confirmation on that so that leaves uh we're done with our news bits johnny johnny what have you been playing recently? Since the last time we got together. What have you played? I really haven't been playing
1: anything new. I was thinking about maybe playing Star Wars and we can play that together. Since you haven't played it either. Right? Squadrons or which one? No. uh Oh, Jedi latest,
0: Fallen Order? Yeah, the latest one. Jedi Fallen Order? Yeah, yeah. We could do that. Yeah. All right. You once, want to? Yeah. Do you can, want to make that the next thing we do? Well, we're not going to have a review by
1: then, but... Right. We can... Yeah, get start getting into Well, I was going to talk about at least. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I All can right. do that.
0: And I also got a, a a recent PS5 upgrade too for free, so definitely going to look into that. Oh, for that game. Yeah, for that game. Okay,
1: cool. Yeah. Uh, have you played anything recently? <laughs> no, nothing new. Uh no? I've just been watching more film, older films like from the 90s. Like I mentioned earlier, uh Fight Club or Memento. You already you already broke the first rule, Johnny. What was the
0: rule? Don't talk about Fight Club. Have you seen it? uh I saw a little bit of it when back when we owned the video store. Like I tried to watch it, but I was like busy with customers, so I only got like bits and snippets here and there. uh Uh, I remember there's like an airline flight, like airplane flight. There's like the beating up going on stuff. The whole organization grew with Brad Pitt and stuff. Like I remember Uh little bits here and there, but I don't remember like the cohesive story overall because it's been like a long time. So. And so you gave up on Scarlet Nexus, I'm guessing, then, right?
1: I'm not sure. Uh, like I mentioned before, Scarlet's going kind to of take me a while to pass. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the gameplay hasn't really engaged me like I I hoped, you know. Blast, right? But I, I haven't put in enough time, like you said. You're uh, still like early, about, right? Like super. Yeah, I'm still
0: pretty early. Oh, okay.
1: You said about uh, halfway through the game, it, it gives you all the powers, and that's where you start combining them all. Yeah, that's when you start yeah, to like. That's really, like really where I felt like okay, mix this, and match this and this stuff.
0: Where I'm gonna enjoy it, yeah. But okay. um. well well,
1: what have you been playing?
0: so i've this whole past week i've literally just been playing final fantasy 14 online again (laughs) johnny's shaking his head at me that's okay that's okay i switched servers i went to another server they had like a because i a couple of my friends and i wanted to play the game together but we're on different servers Mm -hmm. right so we agreed on one server that like most of us were already on i wasn't on that server and it's kind of tricky like transferring your character so I literally started all over from a new, a new, a fresh slate. Slate. I started a new character, and I finally just got to the point where, like, I was on my old character where I, I was like two hours before the end of like the main game, mm-hmm. and as of this morning, as of this morning, I've officially passed like the main like story scenario. Like I, I've beat the base base game as it shipped basically,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right. Now, what's going to do now is there's three more expansions on top of that. So, you're working on the Platinum? Kind of. There is a Platinum trophy. That's going to take me a long time to get, though. Because the all the trophies part of that Platinum for PS the PS5 version of the game involve you doing, like, all the stuff that's on the expansions. The PS4 Platinum is way easier to get. That way, I'm, like, halfway through.
1: Okay.
0: That one's just, like, beat the base game and, like, do everything with, like, all the jobs and stuff, so... Uh, each of the expansions is about as long as the base game is, so in reality, I'm like uh, I'm like one fourth through the entire game.
1: I don't know how to feel about this because I I know you're thoroughly enjoying the game. I am, but at the same That's time, right. I feel bad because you're like
0: only playing one I,
1: game. Yes, it's like you know want you to experience all the other bad catalog that you have.
0: I was talking about this. Uh, I have a friend at the the gamer, which is one of the websites we reference a lot to. Uh, her name is Stephanie. She's the one of the editors there. We were talking about this the other day, where, um, cause she, she, okay, unlike me, she makes a living off of writing about games. Like she gets paid for that. She's the editor and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And we were talking about uh, when you get burned out. Sometimes, like you do, get tired of playing games. Like, yeah. And in her case, cause she does it professionally. Like people think, like, oh, it's fun, you play video games for a living, but like, you get she says she gets burnt out, like, yeah, because oh, yeah. sometimes she has to play games she doesn't care about, but she has to see them to completion to write about them or to be like kind of like in the conversation about them, right? And she says, like, sometimes she wants to play like a game she's already beaten or already completed, and that's like kind of like her kind of like uh, not guilty pleasure, what would you call it? That's kind of like her uh, comfort food, right? Yeah. So she'll go back and play, like, Skyrim, which is, like, one of her favorite games of all time. Okay. And she mentions how she feels guilty playing games that she's already played before because she could also use that time to play new games. But she doesn't have, like, the mental energy to get invested in a new story, new mechanics, new controls. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that, too, sometimes where, like, I play certain games, like, I'm like, I I could play this new game, right? And, like, know what's going on but like, ah, sometimes I just want to go back and play, like, Kingdom Hearts again for, like, the 50th time because, like... That's, like, what I have fun with. It's like, you know when you watch a new show and you're, like, do like, it's late at night and you have Netflix on. Like, do I watch something I've already seen before because I know I like it? Or do I watch something new that I have to, like, mentally, like, I have to be mentally zoned in to make sure I don't miss anything? I don't know the feeling actually. You, you no. don't have anything, like, you play or just watch because you're like, oh, I, I can do this and, like, my brain can, like, shut off and, like, I know what I'm doing. No, I like watching a film once, paying attention,
1: and then just not touching it for like another 10 years
0: okay but then you play games like fortnite though and fortnite is sure yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah. would you say fortnite is like a comfort game where you can go in there and just kind of do whatever because you already know the mechanics it's a comfort game but it's also like
1: not the greatest game it's just it's just in a position where it's just there it's free like you can talk to the people and chat there's not too many games that are that
0: you know that are call duty call duty is exactly that but there's not too many of them Is what i'm saying oh okay but do you feel like oh I could be playing something else when you play Fortnite or no? Yeah, for sure
1: I could play. Uh, what's it called? Uh, you just brought it up. Scar- Scarlet Nexus. Scarlet Nexus. I could have been playing uh, Monster Hunter. Any of the games that we share between us, basically. Yeah. Uh, I could go get some of the platinums for the games that I do love. But then why do you tell like me? But well, what do
0: you tell me about Final Fantasy XIV? Like oh you could just be playing something else, Andy.
1: Yeah, I feel the same way. It's the same thing. That's oh. what. That's why I'm telling you. I don't know how to feel about this. Cause I know you're enjoying it. Okay. But there's other stuff I want you to get. To.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm still playing like, um, uh, I do get tired of being in front of my screen sometimes. And I'm like, okay, like, like I finished, my, I finished the base game this morning. Like I was only playing for two hours. I did like the last dungeon and like finished like the main scenario. I'm like, okay, I know there's more stuff to do now. Like the world has really opened up. Cause like once you get past that, like more things open up for you to do in the game. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, but I don't want to do that right now. Cause it seems overwhelming. I'm going to turn it off. And just play. I played like I think I played a Mario sixty four on my Switch for like a little bit. Mm. We're like, okay, I'm done with this. But just talking about like um, sometimes you feel like I like I'm not being productive with my gaming time. Not productive in the sense of like life skills, but productive with like I could be playing something new or or playing something different, right?
1: You know, that's the feeling I do get when
0: there's a film I want to watch. Right?
1: There's like several classic films I want to watch. But while I'm thinking like I should get to that film, I'm stuck on YouTube. Right. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, I, there's nothing new. Like, why do I keep refreshing? There's, there's no new. new but because news.
0: YouTube requires like less, less participation on your behalf, right? Kind of a thing. Like mm-hmm. less, you don't have to think too hard. Like, what am I watching? Yeah. You know, and right? then
1: I could, I could like click on it, and five seconds later, I'm like, okay, I'm done with this. You know, my it's a it, I, it's a, an attention span problem right. with me. Right. Right. Um.
0: Yeah, actually, the part I mentioned, because uh, for the, again, the media outlet that I sometimes write for, uh, Geek News Now, we covered a couple of... We, PAX East was this past weekend,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and I actually saw a couple of panels, and we kind of like wrote up a little bit about it. But um, my friend Stephanie, she was on a different panel for... I think it's called EGX, I think it's called. It's like some separate. It's not PAX, but something kind of like PAX. Okay. And what she was talking about was she was on this panel for a mental health... Uh, the topic was mental health but like one of the things was like is like video game burnout like how like that's like a real thing where like sometimes like i i get that too like as someone who loves like video games is my primary form of media consumption yeah there's times where like i don't want to play anything like i'm just burnout. out like i've i don't want to like push buttons or manipulate like a joystick i just want to like watch something passively and so like I guess you probably don't play games like back to back in terms like hours on end like how I do. So you probably I don't know if you get that. Do you ever get burnt out of like a certain kind of like music or TV or like like I'm done with this for now. Let me have time like alone to like miss it again. Like, do you get that or not really?
1: Sort of. I I do need to have variation though. Like I. I want to play a racer and then a horror
0: game. Oh, it's over so like it. genres. Yeah. Yeah. I can't do, I know there's people who like juggle games. I can't juggle games that are too similar to each other. Yeah. Yeah. Cause then I get confused or like, I end up like only sticking with one of them. Like I can't play too many RPGs within the same amount of time. Like mm. I just, it just, it's just pure leveling up in numbers. And like, I can't do that. Like if I'm playing like a shooter. That's why I don't play any other shooters other than call of duty because I don't have the mental, like, not RAM. I, it, that's how I was explaining it. As like, I can't have too many tabs open for the same thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I, can't, I don't have the mental energy to invest in playing multiple games of the same genre. So, just a little tangent. I just wanted to talk about that real quick just because it was kind of relevant. But, like, you're saying, like, I'm missing out on other games because I'm playing Final Fantasy 14? Yes, you are correct in that aspect. Because you've had a large dose of Final Fantasy. I, I bought that game, like, seven years ago. uh uh-huh. And because they keep supporting it, like we were talking about this last week, how like the game has like overloaded servers because so many people are playing the game now. Mm-hmm. Like I, I literally saw this meme where it was like the game's director and he was talking because he, he talked about recently put out like a he put out like a statement saying like, hey, we're going to we're going to we're buying more servers for the server room to like, you know, to like accommodate all these new players. And he was saying like the problem is that we can't find enough servers to buy because of the whole like you know the worldwide shortage of like products in general right yeah and then someone made a meme of him like they, they swapped his face onto dj khaled onto his album and the album's called uh suffering from success okay so it's like the direct games director but he has like he has like uh he has all this bling it's like they just swapped his face for dj khaled's yeah, yeah and it's like the same pose like he has like a cigarette and he has like all this gold and it's like suffering from success so like it's like the, like people play join so much that like the servers can't keep up and it's like it's like damn like imagine doing a good a job so good that you like you literally cannot do any better like it's physically impossible to do better at your job so that's my last bit i'm not talking about final fantasy 14 anymore for this episode but um uh i'm supposed to be getting a review code for a game uh i'm not gonna talk about it right now just in case i don't get it I don't wanna like hype it up. But it's an interesting RPG that's going what on. Right the genre? RPG. RPG. Oh, okay. But it's made by a Colombian studio, which is something completely different than usual. Like I'm used to like like Japanese companies, so. Uh if I don't get the recode, I'm just gonna buy it and I'll talk about it next time. So anyways, other than that, that's all I've been playing. I'm still actually I am playing Disguise Six on my Switch, but I probably play I've only played like four hours in the last week, so That's about it. Uh, I'm not really enjoying it that much. I'm kind of burned out on that series. So we'll see if I finish it soon. All right. Johnny, let us go into our final segment. The Pitch. Ladies and gentlemen, for those of you who do not know, it might be new. The Pitch is a segment that Johnny and I do where we take two canisters. Uh, Both canisters are filled with rolled pieces of paper. Let's throw one down there. Oh yeah, and there's a third one that Johnny keeps trying to get me to use that I forget about. And in each canister we have, uh, one is themes, kind of like uh, space, World War Two, Asia is a theme, <laughs> underwater, and then the other container contains genre like racing, first person shooter, platforms, action, puzzle, stuff like that. We take one from each. No, that's not true. Now now we take two from each. We take two and then we decide which ones we want. And then between that, we'll decide which one we're going to do. And then we'll slap them together and come up with a concept or pitch, as it's called, for that game. Johnny, let's go ahead. Sometimes the sounds get picked up on the mic. And that's not so bad because sometimes when I listen to our episode later... I like how the sounds kind of add context. You kind of visualize, you know what's going on. It's like we have like a little like Foley studio here, like moving things so you can kind of visualize what we're doing. Alrighty then, so I'm unwrapping one of the papers. And this one, oh my God, has a super long word, Johnny. You wrote reincarnation. Okay, okay, reincarnation. Takes up like the entire piece of paper, but reincarnation. I'm guessing this is a theme and not a genre of games, right? <laughs> can't say... Unless it's like a roguelike, maybe? Roguelike, maybe? Is that what's going on? And you just put Cure on this one. It can't be. Oh, Cure. Cure. What
1: color is that paper?
0: Yellow. It belongs
1: in the... Uh, is this a modifier one? Squad device here.
0: Oh. No wonder I'm so confused. I was like, "What? What kind?" Of... I'm like, "Reincarnation." It sounds like a roguelite where you Well, just keep actually, coming... those match cure and reincarnation. Mm, yeah, but that's the modifier one. That's not the main one. All right. Tell me what you got so far now, as I do this. Okay, I got feudal Japan. Oh, and Arctic. Mm. I, already, I can already tell you which one I'm leaning towards, and it's not Arctic. Okay, okay. I like Arctic though. Arctic feels too limiting. Arctic feels too limiting. What if it's Arctic Japan? Well, if it's Arctic Horror did work like the thing yeah like the thing
1: remember that <laughs> game
0: uh you gave me some years ago like uh years ago? extermination yes yeah. i got romance in the arctic or romance in japan if it's romance in japan i'm gonna it's gonna be like an anime it's like a slice of life that's what i'm telling you right now we're gonna we will do uh like a harem okay i got romance in open world what the hell is a harem? a harem is like uh harems are usually animes where like it's one guy and multiple girls and they're each like pining for his affection sounds great and usually he has to like pick one by the end or he ends up with none of them that sounds good that sounds like a good film feudal japan and a harem that's like so many that's like tenshi muyo that's like love hina there's like so many uh Cho- no not Chobits. fruit baskets is fruit baskets one of those no that's not true
1: Yeah, and the other one is Arctic, so the ones he doesn't like, he sends off to the Arctic.
0: (laughs) He ships, he deports them to the Arctic. What else did you get? I have open world and romance. And you have feudal Japan in the Arctic. Okay. We're not doing open world in Arctic because that sounds boring. It's just white everywhere. Yeah. Like the Beverly Hills or something. And we're not doing open world. Oh no. Open world Japan could be cool we're not doing romance in arctic i'll tell you that we're not doing arctic period so are we doing romance feudal japan or are we doing open world feudal japan no the we're just going to end up with the coast of tsushima so romance and feudal japan okay first of all romance is not a genre of game now there is dating uh dating as a as a genre like as in like um if you've played uh i'm trying to think what are those games called they're popular on pc like visual novels or it's about, like, dating multiple people. And, like, at oh. the end of the game, you choose one or something like that. Brian knows what I'm talking about. If he's listening. Like roulette or something? What? Like roulette? No. It's kind of like... There's, like, different endings based on who you end up with. Dating is... I mean, romance itself is not a genre of game, but there is dating simulator, Dating simulators, that's what they are. And we're doing this in feudal Japan, like... Are we going with a visual novel, basically set in feudal Japan, where you're like the prince and you have like all these suitors, kind of thing? Okay. Or?
1: Okay. This is why I have the, the modifier modifiers. We don't have to use the modifiers. I'm thinking about it.
0: We it gives us an idea of what the what the background story is for the game. So this is a romance. Okay, it's a dating simulator set in feudal Japan. I actually don't. I'm not mad at the pro. I don't, I'm not mad at uh, this. Feudal's
1: gonna make it tough for the modifiers. But all right, <laughs> let's see what what, what we have. <laughs>
0: hey if we added uh actually
1: i got reincarnation again
0: yes i was about to say that if we add reincarnation into this okay how could we fit reincarnation into a dating a dating simulator set in feudal japan what if the other one i got is biological weapons that's (laughs) that's not gonna fit that's not gonna fit reincarnation i feel like you could fit this in because like what if you're like what if you are the same prince and then each time you die, you mm-hmm. come back as like the next, you know, the next person in your line. So you're playing like your son every single, like like a different son. And the suitors that you're dating, like okay, okay, no, how about you reincarnate when you die, but like, you you get killed each time. That's what that's how you die. Okay. you reincarnate as like the same person like just in the same like like i die and then like like jesus i'm back in three days again but Mm -hmm. i'm still like the same person same age same appearance and it's like oh we thought you died and it's like then it becomes like who killed me who of my suitors killed me and then you just date these girls your suitors and you try it's like a mystery kind of you try to deduct i like that i like like, you're dating these girls, but you don't want to accidentally marry the one that's trying to kill you for, like, your money or your position or whatever. Okay, so you have the suitors. They're trying to kill you. You're trying to figure out who it is. And because of reincarnation,
1: you know that you're the same person, right? Mm-hmm. So. It's like, oh,
0: you keep coming back. Like, oh, okay. Well, who keeps killing this guy?
1: <laughs> yeah, but let's say that there's, like, a, uh, what is it called? Um, when something is supposed to happen, like Ragnarok. Oh, like it's predestined or preordained? Yeah, it's pre preordained. Uh-huh. But somebody is is fucking with the uh wh- what is it called? Like it's preordained, but there's another word for it. Predestination? Destiny. Well, somebody keeps killing you, right? Okay. And you're trying to make this thing that's happen that's
0: preordained. I guess it happens when you're in your sleep, like someone stabs you in your sleep every time.
1: Yeah, but that, okay, but that's the plot. Just so
0: you don't know off the bat, oh, it was this person because I saw them when I died. You know what I
1: mean? Yeah, but that's the plot, though. You're trying to figure out who is killing you because you don't know. And you're trying to make the thing that's
0: preordained happen, you know? Okay. And there's a chance that, okay, it's not enough for you to come back each time. You have to complete a specific objective by a certain time. Yes, or this okay. thing. That's more adds more stakes to it because like, there's no stakes if you keep coming back, right? Yeah, Okay. Yeah. Oh, this one's tough, though. Like I feel like it has like, a lot of potential. Dude, I, I got the
1: craziest one. Hit, it, hit me with it. I can't even say it. Why? Okay, so... Is this, like, I mean, really perverse? Is that why? You have a suitor. Okay, just you, one? That keeps killing you, right? Okay. Or you don't... Yeah, yeah, you have a suitor that keeps killing you. And, mm. yeah, that's the suitor. Stepsister?
0: <laughs> that's the modifying stepsister? That's the modifier. <laughs> wow okay you know that's not too weird because like no that's super weird dynasties try to keep it in, like in the family anyways you know what i mean that's like a wild twist <laughs> i'm trying okay i'm still trying to come up with the main premise of this though like what's like the predestined thing is supposed to happen like because i'm thinking of like is this like t- is this like back to the future where like marty accidentally dates his own mom and therefore, like he has, he can't, he won't exist if she doesn't meet her her da- his dad. So we have a paradox, like a time paradox with like reincarnations. Like no, like you're not ready to die. You have to go back because this thing has to happen. You're gonna keep going back each time you die because this thing has to happen, like Groundhog Day kind of. Oh yeah, there you go. It's a Japanese, a feudal Japanese Groundhog Day, where each time you die and you try to figure out what did I mess up, or I died and I'm re- reliving the same day again. With these suitors. Each time you die, you get more clues about what, ha- what who killed you. Okay? Mm-hmm. So, like... Okay, like... Okay, like... ah, oh, damn. Like, I woke up again. Like, it's this time. Like, okay. Where is so-and-so at this time? Kind of thing. You know okay. what I mean? Okay, okay. So, like, if it was like a Japanese... feudal Japanese Groundhog Day, but with a romantic option. Right? With a romantic backdrop, I mean. So, you know, one of your suitors kills you at night. Maybe because i don't know there's like a life insurance policy or they want your sister to take the throne or something after you die but only you realize that each day is like you're living the same day over and over okay Mm -hmm. but nobody else knows like the stuff you're going through right so but you but through each reincarnation you take you learn more and more clues and you kind of add that to your collective knowledge each time you come back right I think this has a good premise. This is like a good... this no, is like it's a, a
1: great f- premise. I'm just trying to figure out what the gameplay for this.
0: It would have to play like a visual novel or kind of like a puzzle. Like, uh, That's what I'm trying to avoid. I don't want to play a visual novel. I mean, you like visual novels. I don't mind them. I don't care for them, but I don't mind them either. Well, you played like uh, Tales from the Borderlands, right? That's kind of like a visual novel. Yeah, and I wish it wasn't. Wish it was <laughs> you wish it was just Borderlands It was novel? a
1: good story, but I didn't want to play a visual novel.
0: Okay. Okay, well, we made this like a, like a, we call them a click and a point-and-click kind of game. Where you wander from environment to environment.
1: Yeah, we could go for that. I'll go for that. And there's like a
0: backdrop, like, there's okay, like, you can only spend a few minutes in each area because time's like going forward. It'll be
1: like, what's it called? The horror game with the Wendigo?
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: What is it called? What's the game called, though? Which one? With the Wendigo. Wendigo? Yeah.
0: You mean uh, Until Dawn? Yes, like Until Dawn.
1: Just a little bit more, uh...
0: There's more freedom, though I think a
1: little bit more freedom. Not, yeah, not constantly click and play and just. So there, there, one of
0: your suitors is tra- is killing you. Maybe she's hired by your sister, or maybe there's like some kind of political like gain from your death, right? Mm-hmm. But she had to get close to you. She slips in as your suitor. So each time, like you ask maybe different questions, or you try to figure out like, oh, we're so and so at this time, or like who's still awake and who's sleeping b- right before I die each time. Like it was like. You add to the collective knowledge until you eventually figure it out and, like, prevent your own death. It's kind of like Deathloop. No, it's completely different because that's, like, a first-person shooter. And that's because that has an online component where it's somebody else trying to kill you.
1: Yeah, but you got to figure out. Like, you die over and over. Yeah, but
0: you know who's killing you, though. Okay. You know who it is. You're just trying to stop that person each time, though this one you don't know who it is because you have a group of suitors some of them who want you for you some who want you for your money and one of them at least one of them wants you dead so each time you maybe you, it's like kind of like you get like an hour with this girl and you're like okay let me find out as much as I can about this girl like is there motives is there something going on ask about her family like like it builds up right it builds up on each other and like
1: I think depending on who you know you don't know who the suitor is it's gonna change the uh, dynamics of the gameplay. Because in Deathloop, you know who's killing you, so you get right to the action.
0: Right. You know? Yeah. And this, this isn't. Point, it's
1: more of a mystery.
0: Yeah. Half of the, As I say, half of the fun is getting there. Half of the fun is trying to figure out who it is. Because the gameplay is not action-based, so you have to create something that's engaging through story elements.
1: I think we can have both. Like, at first it's a mystery, and then you figure it out. Next time you come now back. Now you gotta
0: catch her in the act, or yeah. like... Where's the proof? Like, it's not enough for you to know, it's what you can prove. Mm-hmm. yeah like what if you figure out who it is halfway through the game and then the other half is like you have to f- catch him in the actor like pin or something you have to like yeah and you
1: put clues together like oh this person knows this person i gotta go visit this town exactly is there
0: something in her like i know she's not in her room at this hour is there something i can like sneak in and find out yeah i like this premise i like it, it sounds fun this is a game that i would actually want to play now so
1: i mean uh, who are we what are like do we have a title what's
0: that's one? what i'm saying like what's the name of the game now Streets of name?
1: Yeah. So, you're important,
0: right? Because there's there's something that's supposed to happen, and you're, like, part of the uh... royal family. Because I'm thinking of what are the situations where you would have, like, a litany of, like, suitors trying to get with you. And it's like, well, you have to have influence or some kind of, like, role. Right? Yeah, yeah. So, that's the best way I can think of, like, if you're part of the royal family, then that's, like, by itself, like, the highest, like, motivation.
1: Alright, cool. So, you're part of the royal family. You got suitors. The whole premise, all that is dope. Gameplay, we got that down.
0: Uh, But what are we calling it, John? Alright, let's see. We can't call it Groundhog Day. (laughs) Because it's retaken. Something that has to do with, like, reincarnating and dating. Oh! Reincarnating.
1: That's pretty damn good.
0: A little too on the nose, though, maybe, no?
1: It is, but it's pretty good. It's like a
0: pun, kind of. Reincarnating. But that seems to imply there's more like there's more like a kind of like whimsical romantic kind of um I'm trying to I'm trying to blend it in with ouroboros maybe there's a
1: term for that Did Okay so know?
0: ouroboros is a snake that eats its own tail it represents like infinity basically Yeah Okay like dating circles dating cycles reincarnation re- I
1: kind of have a name but it's Okay so the name is for reincarnation right and it's a love story
0: so, Reignite. It's, it's like not too on the nose. Okay. Reignite. I like that because like, you're igniting like, a relationship mm-hmm. kind of thing. But it's re as in like, again. Yes. Mm. It's too simple, but it's also not too on the nose. Reignite. I kind of like it. I think I don't think we're going to find anything better than re-in- Reincarnating or Reignite. I think those are two. Uh, the it.
1: It'll be Reignite reincarnating as a subtitle
0: that's the director's cut <laughs> that's the kojima cut yeah. <laughs> okay well speaking of like director who's who's making this who would be good for this uh that's on you because i don't know any of these like ah, okay that,
1: um Who's visual novel, okay visual novels
0: i want to go with uh i think they're called axis let me look it up axis makes if it's the one i'm thinking of uh they're like a subsidiary of atlas which is owned by or whoever made a sega uh I until know. dawn uh until dawn okay yeah uh is made by i think we just talked about two super massive games but hold on axis is the one i'm thinking of axis games makes the uh some of my favorite uh they're called the. Uh, i am blanking on the name right now they made uh, there's a game called uh uh the nine uh a nine doors nine people nine something nine 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 is called and it's exactly like what i just talked about so this is
1: a visual novel
0: yeah uh nine hours nine persons nine doors is the name of the game but it's also part of something called the the notary games because it's part of a series the second one is a sequel called zero escape Virgin's last record and there's a sequel to that one called zero time dilemma and together, all three games are known as, like, the notary games, where it's like it's like an escape room. Each game is basically, like, an escape room okay. with multiple endings. So, Axis Games is the, is the developer of that, but then the one you talked about, uh, Until Dawn, is Supermassive game. So, I think with either of those two... Prophecy. That's what I was looking for before. Oh, for Destiny? Another, okay. like, synonym? Yeah, it's Prophecy. Prophecy. Re- okay, so... I want to go. I think reignite reignited works better. I feel, I like the idea more. I, mine is a little too too on the nose. Too on the nose. uh Reincarnating because it just sounds the dating part just makes it sound goofy. Like it's gonna be like a fun like mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying. Like it doesn't have like the serious tone to the word to the name. Yeah,
1: I'm I'm still trying to sort out like the tone of it because it like is there like a
0: different realm to it? Is there? All right, which is just pretty much a stick. I think. Uh, we're gonna stick with Reignite then, right? That's what we agreed on. Reignite. I like Reignite. It's
1: it's simple. It's easy to remember too. Easy marketing.
0: Yeah, I think so. So Reignite, done by Super Massive Games, Japanese feudal Japanese dating simulator with a reincarnation aspect. I feel like we're giving away. We're giving out like really good free ideas, Johnny. This is a good idea here. We need to like patent this or something. We need to just pat it put a little copyright C with the circle around it 2021 johnny nandy just throw that in there this is our idea unless super massive games does it then in that case just give us like a credit give us like a small credit otherwise don't do it (laughs) all right john i think we're done with this segment um before we head out and you know stop uh is there anything you want to throw in at the end i'm good you're good alright so ladies and gentlemen thank you if you made it this far thanks for listening to us uh, if you are somebody who has been listening to us for a long time or maybe just join for the first time thanks for you know giving us your time we hope you enjoyed uh, our spiel our rants our talks um, if you want to suggest something you want to comment something you want to let us know something maybe you think I should replace Johnny with a different co-host <laughs> I'm playing right, Johnny or maybe you want to replace me with somebody else. You like Johnny, but you don't like me. Uh, tough luck though, in that case. But if you want to let yeah, me know. Podcast. <laughs> if you want to let me know, let us know something. Uh, go ahead and send it to us at duosensepodcast at yahoo.com. Again, that is duosensepodcast at yahoo.com. You can also reach us at our Twitter account, which Johnny considers toxic. Uh, depends on where you go on Twitter. And that is DuosenseP because i could not fit the whole word so that's a dual sense p on twitter uh as always we thank you for your listenership we're growing gradually i was telling johnny right before we started that a new country has shown up in our uh listenership so uh how would you say hi in french Johnny. do you know because i don't remember i don't want to say goodbye in french but i'm going to say hi So, if you're a French listener, uh, au revoir. I think that's goodbye, right? Au revoir is like, see you later. Uh, If you're not French, thank you. And tune in next time, or next week, for our next episode. Peace!
1: Bye, guys.